as I was thinking this week, I was kind of looking back on large portions of my life and probably the vast majority of the prayers that I have prayed over my life, and they're all summed up in that word. <laughs> Help. Right? And I'm sure that's probably true for, for most of us, right? We, we find ourselves entering into the situation. We, we don't know what to do. We feel really helpless. Um, the only thing we know is that we can't do it. We have no idea where to go. And so we cry out to God for help. Right? Maybe you're in a really difficult relationship and you just have no idea how to make a way forward and you so say, help. Or maybe you're in a ton of pain and you don't know how you can continue to keep going forward and so you cry out to God, help. Maybe you've got a bill coming due and you have no idea how you're going to pay that bill and so you cry out to God, help. It, it really does seem like this is kind of the, the vast majority of what, of what we pray, and that's really what this portion of the Lord's Prayer is about. Um, give us this day our daily bread. And really, it's a, in some ways, it's a cry for help. Um, but before we dive into that more fully, I think it's important for us not to forget where we then already, because one of the things I've kind of tried to remind us over and over again is that um, the second half of the Lord's Prayer is really connected with the first half. And so when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we can't forget the other things we've talked about, that we're talking to a Heavenly Father who's willing and able to give us everything we need. We can't forget that we're we're praying to a Heavenly Father who deserves all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. We're praying to a Heavenly Father whose kingdom we want to come and whose will we want to be done. And, and all of that has to still be there as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We have to learn how to pray, Heavenly Father, give us this day our daily bread. It just changes how we think of things. Or... Give us this day our daily bread so that your name will be praised and glorified. It, it changes. Or, give us this day our daily bread so that your kingdom would come, so that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. You, can, you kind of see it just changes our, our orientation, it changes our mindset so that when we're praying, give us this day our daily bread, it's not all about about us in some ways, but ultimately it's about God and His glory and His kingdom and His will being done. And, and it's interesting because I think that changes everything, and yet uh, people have kind of struggled with this portion of the Lord's Prayer, um, and, and people have tried to explain it in different ways. And, and some have said, well, when we're praying, give us this day our daily bread, we're not just talking about our physical needs, we're talking about our spiritual needs, right? And so they'll quote Jesus, who's just quoting the Old Testament, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And they would say, see, look, we, we don't live by bread alone, and so when we're praying for our daily bread, it's not really about our physical needs, it's about more of our more important needs, our, our spiritual needs. And so that's what we're praying for. Um, but I don't think that's quite right. 
obviously, we need to know that we don't live by bread alone. That's what Jesus is reminding us. Bread, physical bread, our physical needs are not enough. Um, that's what Jesus is reminding us there. But we also need bread. We also need physical, our physical needs to be taken care of. And so, while on the one hand it's important that that's not the only thing that we pray for ever, it's like take care of me, 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 and my physical needs, we also shouldn't ever feel bad or guilty about praying for our physical needs because Jesus told us to pray that your physical needs would be taken care of and that they would be taken care of daily. And the reason why that's important is to recognize that God gave us bodies. He gave us a physical existence. Um, or you'll hear people say we're embodied creatures. And so, um, it's one of the things I talked about a lot as we went through our, our series on human sexuality, didn't I? That, that God created us body and soul. And uh, one's not more important than the other. And we'll actually live for eternity with a body and a soul um, after the resurrection. And so, so we, we can't lift one above the other because God gave us both and intended that we would live forever with both. And so it's important for us to recognize that sometimes, sometimes people think that they're being extra spiritual by neglecting their body for spiritual things. Say, well, I'm just going to neglect my body and not take care of it because I'm doing important spiritual things. Um, but God didn't create us that way. He created us body and soul. And when you neglect your body, you neglect your soul. You neglect the spiritual things. And the same is true. If you neglect the spiritual things, your body suffers as a result of that. Um, but today we're talking more about the physical side of that. And I want to help us understand how, how closely connected these are by... Uh, two, two examples, two, uh, two yeah, examples I've heard over the years. And one's by uh, John Piper. Um, I, I've heard him use this analogy a bunch of times. Um, and I don't remember where it is. I just remember him talking. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, right? He's, what are these things that come in our life as a result of the Spirit? If you have the Holy Spirit in you, it's producing all of these things in you, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? Um, but he's, in particular, he likes to bring up patience. He says, all right, that's a fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit's creating patience in us. But what happens after you get a poor night's sleep? How patient are you the next day? Not very. And so he says, his famous question is, those patience a fruit of the Spirit or is it a fruit of sleep? And the answer is yes. Because we're created body and soul, but it's both. And, and so if you're not taking care of your physical life, it actually has a massive effect on your, on your spiritual life. Or uh, the other example is a friend of mine, and he has, he has young children, which is why he, he thinks this way. But one of his favorite sayings is, most of our biggest problems are solved by a nap and a snack. <laughs> Um, right? Like when you're parenting children, like little children, you realize they're throwing a temper tantrum, and after a while of temper tantrums, you realize there's probably two best ways to solve this. They're either hungry or they're tired, so i got to give them a snap or a nap, and it's going to solve 
solve this problem. But what we have to realize is that that doesn't change as we get older either. That, you know, how did God fix Elijah's big problem when he said, I should just die? He gave him a nap instead. Um, I told people I live in a house full of female athletes. Um, and we have one word that comes up a lot in our house, and it's hangry. Because <laughs> if they're not getting the right kind of food in them, they're not very fun to be around. <laughs> and neither am I. <laughs> if I'm not getting the right kind of food in my body. And so, and, and if I'm losing sleep. And so you just, when you're not taking care of yourself physically, if you're not eating the right things and getting the right amount of sleep and all of those kinds of things, your spiritual life suffers. And so it's not super spiritual to neglect your body. Because God gave you a body. And it's why Jesus tells us, actually, we should pray every day for bread. And, and the catechism says what we're praying for is that God would take care of all our physical needs. And, and it's, again, it's a reminder, these physical needs are unimportant. They're not little things. It's not... I, I, Sometimes people think, well, I don't care if my body gets healed, I just pray for peace. No, it's okay to pray for your physical requirements. Jesus told us to pray for that. Um, so don't feel guilty about it. And yet, um, one of the other things we have to remember, though, as we're, as we're praying that God would take care of our physical needs, is what Jesus tells us to pray for. And that's that word, bread. And... And he uses this kind of metaphor for, for a reason. On the one hand, he's bringing us back to remember Israel in the desert, getting daily bread, right? Manna from heaven, daily. So he's wanting us to remember that. But, but also just deeply connected with bread is this, bread is this kind of daily necessity of life. Um, but it's not something that anybody's going to be envious about you or jealous about you. It's just, it's not like flashy. It's just sustenance. It's necessity. And uh, when we don't have bread, we long for it. Oh, I could just have some bread. Um, but when we do have bread, we often just take it for granted. Um, and actually, we don't just take it for granted. We usually end up just getting sick and tired of it. Um, not just regular bread, but these kind of aspects of our life. But that's one of the things we saw with Israel in the desert, right? Israel, God delivers them out of Egypt, brings them out into the desert. And I don't even know how long they've been out there, but they're like, we're starving, we're going to die. Did you bring us out into the desert just to kill us by starvation? Come on, God, take care of us. Give us something. And God says, all right, I'm going to give you bread from heaven. I'm going to rain down manna on you, and you're gonna, I'm going to provide for you every single day with bread. Right? And they're like, this is awesome. And they're excited about it, and they're rejoicing and praising God for providing for them in such a miraculous way. And then not very long after, they say, now our strength is dried up, and there's nothing at all with this manna to look at. Like, all we have is a stinking manna. Like, can't we have anything 
something else. Like, give us something better. Like, this is so boring, man. <coughs> day after day after day. We want something more. And, and they actually say, crazy enough, they say, eventually they say, you know what, maybe we should put ourselves back in slavery in Egypt so we can have some garlic and onions. It's crazy. Maybe, and, and what we have to understand, maybe what they're saying is maybe Egypt provided for us better than our God. Because we don't just want this stinking bread. Um, and you know, we do this, don't we? I, I can almost guarantee it, everybody, I've said it two days ago, <laughs> so I'm guilty of this too. Um, in the last year, I guarantee everybody in this room has at one point said, ah, I'm so sick and tired of this stupid car, or this stupid house, or this stupid job, or this stupid food, or this, right? For me, it was the car. <laughs> and what we have to realize is, underneath that complaint, you're saying, why hasn't God provided for me better? Why hasn't God given me better stuff? And what's even crazier is, when you give off that long list of stupid things, it's just a long list of things that God has provided you with. He's given you that stupid car. And he's given you that stupid job. And he's given you that stupid house and whatever else. Um, he's provided you with those things. You just don't like it. You want more than what God has provided for you. And, and that's really the problem, isn't it? We don't. We don't want enough. We always want more than enough. Don't we? We, we, we're not just happy with bread. We're like, if you're going to give us bread, at least give us some like fancy bread. Something from like great harvest. Some cheese. And, like, give us some kind of good bread. But, but even that, we don't want fancy bread. What we really want is like steak and potato and lobster and prime rib. Like, we want all of the best things. And we're like, if you're going to give us bread, I guess give us something better. And God will provide. And when He provides bread, we go, oh, it's bread again. I, I deserve so much more than this. And sometimes God does give you something better, doesn't He? He'll give you prime rib or whatever. And we can be thankful for that. But then when he goes back giving you bread, you're like, well, why don't you give me prime bread every time? Uh, and because we want more than enough, and we think we deserve more than just bread. Um, and the question is, what do we deserve in this? And, uh, and it kind of goes back to looking at the first two words of this this request, give us this day our daily bread. And you know, there's ways to look at this. It depends on what the tone that's coming out of your mouth when you say this, right? It, this could, you could try to say these exact words like kind of an angry toddler demanding their parents, give me my daily bread today. Now, give it to me, right? You're kind of demanding. Um, but, but that's not really what's going on here. Um, the word give, if you start kind of looking at it in the Greek and all of that, it's really connected to the word gift. 
And uh, I, I think it would be helpful for us when we pray this to think that we're actually asking God gift us this day our daily bread. Um, give it to me as a gift because I don't actually deserve it. But everything that you give me is, is a gift. Um, and, and it's a reminder for us that every day that anything we have is an undeserved gift from our Heavenly Father. Everything. Um, if you haven't deserved the car, the house, the job, um, but your Father's given that to you as a gift. And that's, that's why the Catechism says when we're praying this, we're, we're praying, take care of our physical needs so that we come to know that you are the only source of everything good. Right? And that's, again, just a quote from James. It says, every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father. And so, everything we have is a gift, undeserved, from the Father. Everything. And, and when we finally start to kind of recognize that and realize that in our lives, it, it causes us to respond in a few different ways. And the first way is just thankfulness. Right? Gratefulness for the gifts that God has given us. And, and that changes the, the give us this day our daily bread prayer because we're not, we can't pray that prayer rightly out of the spirit of unthankfulness and ungratefulness. We have to pray it rightly by saying, God, you have given me so many good things. Now please do it again. I trust you. I'm thankful you for the way that you've provided for me. And uh, I kind of already get to that in the second part of that. Once we recognize that every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father, it also not only makes us thankful, grateful, but, but it also puts us in a place of submission under Him. Because we recognize if we want anything good, it has to come from Him. Uh, that you can't do it. And you have to admit that you can't do it. Um, and you have to come to him every day and say, you know what, I admit to you, I can't give myself my daily bread. I need you to do it in me and through me. And, and, and it kind of puts us in this place of relying on God every moment of every day, doesn't it? Saying, I need you for, for everything. And, and what that does is that puts us in a place of, of humility before the Lord. This is that line that I pointed out. The Catechism says, Neither our work and worry, nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. That's a really humbling line for us to remember. And what it's saying to everyone is, you can work, 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 work. And if God's not blessing it, it's all pointless. It's all vain. It won't satisfy you. won't provide for you. Ultimately, you can you can worry, 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 and apart from God's blessing, not going to do anything to you. And in all reality, Jesus says later on in the same chapter, "Why are you worried? It's not doing anything. It's not going to add any hairs to your head. It's not going to add an hour or a minute to your life. So just stop. <coughs> Worrying never does us any good. But the last line is." nor God's gifts. You can, you can be sitting 
on abundance upon abundance. You can be sitting on massive bank accounts, stockpiled food, cars that never break down. And apart from God's blessing, it'll all be pointless. And you won't be satisfied. You'll, you still won't think you have enough apart from God's blessing. And so it's this reminder to us that everything we have comes from the hand of the Father. It has not come from us. And that's a really important reminder for us, I think, right now, in, in this particular time, in this particular culture. Um, because especially the last line, but I think all of it, um, we, we live in a time where there's abundance upon abundance. Um, and, and, I, and I don't say that lightly because I, I know our congregation and I know that some of you are, are struggling financially and feel like you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck. But, but even in that, in this grand scope of history, and even in the grand scope of just the world right now, the poorest among us are still living in abundance upon abundance. And, uh, and John Calvin has this really great line where he said, and when we live in a time of abundance, we begin to be intoxicated by a false sense of confidence in our abundance. We become intoxicated by it. We just kind of rest in, in our abundance. And, and then what happens is we begin to think that we're the ones who provided for ourselves. And we look around and we say, like, look at everything I've done. I've worked so hard for this. I put food on the table. I do this. I do that. And those things are true in some ways, but they're not ultimately true. And, and you can kind of look around and be like, I built this life. I built this business. I built this family. I built this church, whatever. Because you've relied on your own abundance. And, and what it is, is it's putting ourselves in a position of pride which ultimately is putting ourselves in the position of, of God. Recognizing that apart from God, it doesn't matter how hard you work, you would have nothing. Apart from God, it doesn't matter how much stuff you have, it would do nothing for you. Um, and a reminder, everything you have, whether it's a lot, whether it's a little, everything you have is from the hand of heaven given it to you as a gift, um, an undeserved gift. And so we're thankful for what he has given us. We're grateful for what he's given us. But then as we look to the future, we, we look back and we say, look at all of the ways God has provided undeserved gifts for me. So now, Father, do it again today. Give us today our daily bread. And, you know, that's really the last part we have to look at. Give us this day our daily. Um, because we don't like that. Um, because we don't really want just enough for today, do we? We want at least enough for the week, maybe for the month, maybe for the year, hopefully for a lifetime. We want, we kind of want to be able to have this kind of nest egg that we can rely on, something kind of stored up that we can, we don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the future. We, we just want to rely on that 
next thing. And then you say it that way and you go, oh, I see a problem now. I'm beginning to put my trust where? In my abundance. And, and not in, in my God. And we're putting our trust, which is even worse, we're putting our trust in the gifts that God has given us. And, and not in Him. And which is why the Catechism says, help us to give up our trust in creatures and trust in, in Him alone. And he's talking in creatures like us and other people and our bosses and, and even, I would say, trust in any part of creation. But ultimately trust in God alone. And, and it's this opportunity where we pray, give us today our daily bread. It's an opportunity to take our life and just kind of lay it in God's hands every day and say, I need you to take care of me today. I can't do it. I need you. And then admit, nothing I do can actually take care of me today. And then, go to work and do all of the things that God's called you to do, trusting that He'll give you everything you need um, to provide for you. Uh, praying this doesn't mean we, we stop going to work <laughs> or stop doing things. That's like everything else we've already prayed for. But we go to work, we do all these things trusting that God will provide through the work that He's given us to do. And that's why later on, I mean, this is just a few verses down, Jesus rebukes people. He says, oh, you have little faith. Therefore, don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? The Gentiles, non-believers, seek after all these things. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. <coughs> Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And He's reminding us when we pray this, we're praying that God will provide for us today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Pray that God will provide for you today. And then when tomorrow comes in, you pray that God will provide that day. And then the next day. And then the next day. And, you know, that seems, it seems so simple. Um, it's really hard. But it's also been probably one of the most transforming things in my faith as I've come to, to recognize this over the years. Um, it's when we learn how to pray this and trust on God daily. It, 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 he's teaching us that we have to rely on Him moment by moment. Um, and rely on God to give us what we need when we need it. And even if you don't see that He's going to give you what you need. You step into that trusting that He will give you what you need when you need it. And I'm not just talking about food and money, which has happened, right? I mean, we've lived in situations as a family where we were really poor, <laughs> didn't have money coming in, and we were no idea how things were going to happen, and you just kind of live into it, and God provides out of nowhere. You have no idea, right? He does that. But I'm talking about Food and money, yes, but other things like strength, wisdom, peace. And, uh, you know, I have, I, I have these weeks, uh, 
you guys have, everybody has these kind of weeks, but, you know, pastors get these weeks where, like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, all, you have to, you have your week planned out, and you think, I've got a really kind of, kind of full week, but I can handle it, and then all of a sudden, like, five things pop up out of nowhere, and you're like, there's no way, there's no way, I have one week where I have three funerals at my previous church, one was a suicide. Um, I still had to do all this other stuff, right? In your life, you look down the week and you go, there's physically no way I can do this. I can't. But God's given me the week. So what do I do? Do I run away? Just be like, try to do Jonah? That doesn't work. Or do I just complain about it all week? Like, oh, I can't believe my week is this. Or do you say, I don't know about tomorrow, but today, Lord, give me what I need today. And then you do the thing He's given you to do that day. Trust that He'll give you what you need. And then the next day comes and you say, okay, give me what I need today. I trust that He'll give me what I need today. And then you go and do the thing. Trust that He's going to give you. And then by the end of the week, you get done and you're like, huh, it all got done. Because God gave me what I needed in that moment. And you know, it happens a lot. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, you guys know I went to synod in, in June. And that synod, I wasn't praying, give me today my daily bread. I was praying, give me this minute, this second, this hour. I mean, it was it was one of those moments where I was stretched way beyond my ability. There were multiple nights where I stayed up just going, I can't do this. I just, I'm not able to do this. I just can't. We can't run away from it. So when you pray, Father, give me what I need now. And then you do it. You trust that He'll give you what you need in that moment. It's, it's this learning how to trust God and live by faith moment by moment by moment every day. And I'm not saying I, I do that perfectly. Um, when I was working on my car this past week, I was not fully trusting in God. That moment by moment by moment. Um, and so, but, but when we do learn to live moment by moment trusting God, He does amazing things. And, uh, and we just keep taking the next step and the next breath saying, give me what I need now. And you step into that hard situation. And He gives it to you every single time. Maybe not what you want, but what you need in that moment. And kind of live part of the design of things. Uh, this quote I, I came across, I thought was really helpful. It, it's actually talking about something we've already talked about, but it helped me think about something else. It says, God just gave us all of His glorious gifts of grace in one lump sum. We would be in danger of enjoying the gift and, and forgetting all about God. We've talked about that a little bit, but, but what, I, what I've realized is when you get the lump sum, if God were just to take all of His grace, all of His benefits, and just dump it on you right now and say, now live on that for the rest of your life, would that be good or bad? Be bad. Because what would you do? You would trust in the, the home son. And you'd be like, oh, I don't need to go to God. I got this. It's great. And it would kill your relationship with God. Completely. There would be no relationship. Think about it. Think about what the prodigal son did when he got his father's blessing all in one lump sum. He said, see you, father. I'm going off and doing my own thing. And we would all do the same thing if God just dumped it all on us and just filled our bank accounts in one moment. 
Instead, he's designed it so that he would give us daily bread when we need it. He would give us what we need, when we need it, so that we would continue to come back to him and say, thank you for what you've given me. Now I need it again today. And then the next day he said, thank you. Now I need it again. And he goes, great, I'm going to give it to you. And keep coming back to him, coming back to him, and you build this not only relationship with him, but you learn how to walk by faith and trust that God will give you everything you need when you need it. The lump sum that we always want doesn't do that. That actually would just completely kill our relationship with God. So you have to learn to, to walk by faith. Trust and and that's really you know kind of the the point of this this portion of the prayer. It's really a reminder for each one of us that when we're when we're truly praying, give us this day our daily bread. What we're acknowledging is I'm actually never going to be fully satisfied with my job, my house, my work. Some, the big bank account. Um, I'm only satisfied by resting and trusting in my God. And that's if I have a little or if I have a lot. Ultimately, we're only satisfied when we walk by faith and trust God for every moment of every day. And say, give me now, today, my daily bread. Just kind of constantly say, here's my life. Take my life and let it be. Consecrate the Lord to me. And then you kind of daily come to him and say, Father, I need more today. And I'm going to trust you to give that to me. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to go to work today. I don't think I have the strength or the energy to go to work today, but give it to me today. And I'm going to go and go to work. Or i got to have a really hard conversation this week. I don't know if I have the words to say that. So you get up that morning and say, Lord, you have the words to say that. And then you go. Trust me, it's going to be good. Or I've got this bill coming up. I have no idea how it's going to get paid. Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go to work today. And I'm going to work. And I'm going to trust you to provide you. Um, and then you keep doing that every day, laying your hands on the Father and you're satisfied. Because he always gives you what you need. When you need it. Let's come to the prayer. Heavenly Father, you are a good provider. When we're honest with ourselves, when we look at the world, when we look at our lives, we can clearly see the ways that we've poured out blessing upon blessing upon blessing on all of us looks differently in all of our lives when you continue to just bless us beyond what we deserve. And yet, Father, we also come to confessing that we don't live that way. We often live ungrateful. We often complain about not having what we want. We often accuse you, maybe not directly, but indirectly, we accuse you of not providing for us well. Complaining, mumbling, being angry, frustrated, worried, anxious. So, Father, we confess that to you. We ask your forgiveness. Father, forgive us for our ungratefulness. Forgive us for our pride. 
forgive us for thinking that we're the ones who are in charge of taking care of ourselves. But Father, not only do we ask your forgiveness, but we don't want to live that way. And so we ask that your spirit would work in our hearts, that you would transform our hearts and minds and our lives, so that we would live day by day, moment by moment, trusting in your fatherly hand, trusting that you will give us everything we need for life and godliness, that you'll take care of us, body and soul, and help teach us to pray truly, give us this day our daily bread, and then help us to live every moment trusting that you're giving us everything we need when we need it. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.